welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, good afternoon, friends. We're so glad to have you tune in to this live interactive podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a church with a mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ. And for those of you that are watching live, we just want you to know, as always, that uh, we would love to hear your questions. We'd love to kind of scratch your itch, if it were. And so if you have questions as we go through this, please type those and Jeff will let me know when things are going on. And if you happen to be watching this and tape delayed or you're just listening to the audio portion of this, we're so thankful that you two would take time to listen to what we're going to talk about in this series on creating the church. And so uh, as you can see, I am solo, or I guess if you're listening, you don't really see it. You just take my word for it. Uh, Pastor Josh is off this week. He is doing some training and equipping with some college students, uh, something that he's done for a couple of years. And he had this book before he came on staff. And so we're just thankful for him and praying for him as he leads those students this week. But as always in the studio with us, the Studio engineer extraordinaire, Jeff Smith. Jeff, how are you doing this fine afternoon? I'm doing great today. Yeah, missing Josh again, but like you yeah. said, he's he's being very generous with his uh, time and uh, energy with uh, not only uh, the college kids this week, but all the kids that uh, you know he's been on the camps with for the past two weeks that uh, he was gone as well. So, but uh, but yeah, so looking forward to getting into this uh, sermon topic, and you know, it kind of hits my heartstrings a little bit on oh, this one so i look uh, forward to hearing excited why. to get into it excellent well what we're doing is we're continuing this series on creating the church and our theme for the year is create and we started off the year by looking at how god is the creator and what god's purpose was in creating things we look at uh how god can create in us clean hearts we've looked at what it means to be a new person in Christ. And, and now we're looking at creating the church. And we know that the church was created. Uh, we first read about it in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on all those who believe in Jesus, who profess him as both Lord and Messiah. And yet we also believe that God continues to create the church because God creates the church out of people. And as we grow and as we mature in our faith in Christ, we do believe that we are a part of this church and God is using us in some way. We've talked about what the early church was devoted to and how we can learn from them and what we are devoted to. We've talked about uh, boldness. That was last week's that, that boldness doesn't mean it's loud, it's bombastic, it's arrogant. Boldness is really action that overcomes our fear. So sometimes even when people are shy, but they're willing to confront and overcome their fear, that is a very bold thing for them. And as a church, we need to be bold. We need to overcome the fears that we have in how we go about accomplishing our mission of making disciples. And then this last Sunday, the sermon was following right after that first passage on boldness, and that is we're talking about generosity. And one of the questions is, uh, you know, what exactly is generosity? Because I believe that we learn how to be generous from seeing 
other people who are generous. And one of the, the kind of the classic examples of this is, let, let's say it's your uh, high school graduation. And when you're graduating from high school, it's pretty standard that you mail out invitations, inviting people to come, or you invite them to a party to celebrate your accomplishment. And among those people, you have friends and you have family. So let's imagine you're graduating from high school and you've got a relative, maybe it's a grandparent, maybe it's an aunt or uncle, and this person has substantial financial resources. I mean, when they vacation, uh, they don't have to drive across country. They fly and they rent a nice car and, and they do tours. And, and if you've done that, you know that those things are, are helpful, but they're not cheap. Or, you know, maybe every Christmas they you know, send you a, a very nice gift. When you graduate from high school, let's just say for the sake of argument, they give you $50. Now, the question is, is that $50 generous? Because some people would say, well, not really, because they could actually give you $100 and they would never feel the pain because they're wealthy. And other people would say, well, you can't compare the $50 from a rich relative to the $50 from somebody who you know really, you know, struggles to make it month to month. And then some would say, you know, the fact that somebody would think enough of you to give you $50 that you didn't have to work for or you didn't have to earn, that that's generous. So the, the question is, what exactly is generous and how do you define or how do you describe that and I think there's a lot of ways that we can describe that but one of the things and I talked about this in the sermon last Sunday but I'm not convinced that I did the best job really explaining this it's something that I have thought about a lot since Sunday morning and that is uh, you know defining and describing generosity again is something that flows from our heart and that was one of the things I really wanted to touch on last week is I do believe most of us Again, I would like to say all of us, but there are some people who are misers. There are some people who are stingy. There are some people who are greedy that only know how to get and keep. They don't know how to give. They haven't learned the joy of generosity, if you will. But most of us are not that way. Most of us have a generosity button in our hearts somewhere that when that place in our heart is touched, we not only give, we give extra. We give generously. And for me, and I said this Sunday, if someone comes to my door and knocks on my door and maybe they live in my subdivision, maybe they don't, and they're saying, hey, we're, we're trying to raise money for our school choir, I am very likely to buy something because they dared to come to my door overcame their fear, if you will, with a bold action, overcame the thought of, gosh, I might be rejected in this. I'm typically willing to help someone like that if it's for a school activity. And I've always been a sucker for teams that are raising money for uniforms or travel expenses. Uh, my kids have all been athletes. They've all traveled and, and we've been blessed. We have the good fortune to be able to afford that uh, for them, but I know not everybody does. And so when I see those teams are like, hey, we're trying to raise money to do this. Typically, I'm interested in helping a team, but I'm more interested to help them if they come to my door and knock than I am, say, if they're outside of the hardware store or outside of Walmart or somewhere saying, hey, you know, can you support us? Come knock on my door. You'll find I'm a much more generous person. So, Jeff, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, 
What's your generosity button? Where where does your heart get touched and you give? So I've always, uh, you know, my, my kids play sports. I've always played sports. So kind of same same kind of uh, topic as you, you know, uh, anything we can do for those kids, you know, uh, to, to make their experience better, you know, just give them the best experience and the, the equipment that they need to, to pursue that uh, passion in their life. Uh, but not only that, but um, uh, have you ever seen the people out on the street corner that are wearing the green? vests trying to sell the curbside chronicle i, I have seen those I, are those typical are those low-income people or those so those homeless are, people those are typically homeless people yeah, that's what i thought and uh the way that program works is they're not looking for a handout they're looking for a hand up right and uh so they're in this program and uh they have uh been pulled off the street they have a shelter that they do pay rent i.e. that's how they make their money to pay rent uh-huh. by selling these curbside chronicles. Uh, but not only that, but once they get to a certain stage in that program, they help them find jobs, help them learn interview skills and stuff like that to get back up on their feet and back out into society. So, yeah. I, and, again, what, what I'm hearing is it, it touches your generosity button because you know those people aren't just – panhandling they're not trying to absolutely scam anybody they're really trying to get ahead in life they're yep, trying to absolutely raise their level of uh, being able to live and live comfortably yep if yep. you will and then uh there's been other aspects where um uh, last week in the in this heat i've had uh, kids in our neighborhood that are walking around just knocking on the doors trying to see if there's anything that they could do yard work or anything that they could do just to get a pair of sneakers for the upcoming school season um so yeah i told them hey here's 20 bucks it's too hot right now come back next week take care of whatever you can find pull some weeds in the flower bed anything like that so yeah things like that absolutely Tug at my heartstrings. We, we need some weeds pulled from our flower bed, so I'll certainly I'll send keep, them your way. I was going to say you can send them my way because I, right now I agree with you; it's too hot. But I look at that stuff. If I go out early in the morning, I'll go ahead and do some of it myself. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's that's a that's a great thing to do. And um, I think we had a question that we came did. in. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the questions that came in is: Is generosity only accredited to financial means or can it also include time, talents, and things of that nature? I love that question. That's that's a great question, and it's not something I really touched on that much Sunday. But uh, in, in preparing for the podcast today, I said, okay, so what's something people might have a question about? And this question actually fits right into what I was thinking. Let, let me approach it a little bit differently, and this is going to be a long answer to <laughs> a short question. I, I think the answer to the question is, yes, it, it is more than money. But the question is, uh, if most of us have a generosity button, how do we find out what that generosity button is? If we don't know what it is that makes us a generous person, what are some things that would help us to discover that? And one of the questions that I wrote is, well, first of all, examine what it is that you give to. Um, You know, in Jeff's case, he's going to buy that curbside chronicle, probably doesn't need it, but it touches his heart. And so he's willing to do that. Uh, When I see athletic teams selling something, do I really need that, you know, candy bar? Probably not. Uh, Someone comes to my door, a choir selling cookie dough, Probably not. But the fact that I will do those things, even though it's not something I necessarily need or something I want, the fact that I am willing to do that 
suggests that I have a generosity button. And it's not always just people coming door to door selling stuff. You know, a lot of things that we might give to, uh, people give to uh, the regional food bank because they it touches their heart to know that not everybody has food and we want to feed people. People give to uh, help support animal shelters because they have in their heart a place for animals. I, I know recently, in fact, last night our, our family had a conversation. We had a, a dog that uh, died earlier this year, just a few months ago, and we've been thinking about getting another pet uh and my wife is very committed to you don't just go get a dog you get a rescue dog you get a dog that needs a home not trying to you know do something else that's her generosity button so what do you give to that's second thing the uh or, or the first thing is what do you give to the second one then is why do you do that um and i've already talked on that some but then the third question and this is really where it gets to the answer to that question is do you give more than money to something and time talent energies uh i think probably some of you know if not all of you know that for the last two years i was the president of the southmore baseball home run club the booster club for baseball because my son jonathan was on the team and you know i wanted to support him i wanted to support the coach i wanted to support the teammates uh so that southmore baseball would do well and in the midst of that, I remember when Jonathan was a freshman, I went in and talked to the coach, and I said, you know, coach, I said, I've been coming to these booster club meetings, and I don't have the sense that things are very well organized. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever I can to help. I have some ideas on that. Uh, so if I can ever help things be better organized, let me know. I'm, I'm willing to do that. And what I did not know was that got me – elected president, <laughs> which was fine because I wanted it to do better. And the exciting thing was other people caught the vision for what we were doing, and now they will improve on it even more. We just took some first steps to get things done. But the fact I was willing to give my time, I was willing to give my creativity, I was willing to give my experience in trying to organize people and move them toward a common goal, that I think was a symbol of the generosity I felt for Southmore baseball. It wasn't just giving money because sometimes – People ask for help. It's easy to write the check. Sometimes we probably write the check to get them off our porch. <laughs> uh, so giving above and beyond money. And sometimes you can't give money, but you can give your creativity and your energy in other ways. So absolutely, generosity is not simply a matter of finances. In fact, there are some people you just meet them and they just have a generous spirit. Whatever's going on, they want to help. They want to serve. Those are every bit a means of, you know, having our generosity button touched in our heart. But then the second thing we talked about was we don't all have the same heart. And in the book of Acts, it gives us a great uh, comment on a man named Joseph who was not from Jerusalem, but his life was so transformed, so impacted by his faith in Jesus Christ that he wanted to give more. And so he sold a field and he gave all the money to the apostles. Now, they, they didn't know who he was because he wasn't from Jerusalem. He was from the island of Cyprus. But because of this, they gave him a nickname, and that nickname was Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. And I love the fact that when our generosity button is touched, we're willing to give encouragement to those who 
may lack courage. We're willing to give encouragement to those who are discouraged. I think that's one of the, the great things that we do. Uh, when Jeff, whenever you do the, um, you know, curbside chronicles, that's part of your generous heart is Absolutely. helping people who are struggling to get ahead to do that. Uh, and sometimes when we help people, it's, um, money. Sometimes we help them. It's food. Sometimes we help them. It's rent, uh, in this heat. And with the electric bills that are going up, I'm sure there will be a run on people that say we're trying to keep our house cool, but we can't pay our electric bill. Can we get some help? And, and far too frequently we hear the sad stories of, uh, retirees who don't have enough money to buy their medicine Anything that we're doing to help meet those basic needs of people, anytime we give in that way, we are giving people encouragement. And that's that's what the Barnabas heart does. I mean, um, I, I've got a friend, and last year, he right before Christmas, uh, he got laid off work. Oh. And, um, you know, I just I, I hated that for him, and I didn't know what to do. I knew he was someone he was not going to sit at home and pout. He was going to get out and pound the pavement and look for – work and and thankfully he he did find some but i also knew uh, in the interim time he needed help and i was asking myself what can i do what can i do to help that does not make him feel like he's you know some kind of welfare case right you know something like that and what i gave I, i think was modestly generous but to help him receive it, it was okay. So you're helping me by letting me give you this to you, right? Uh, we we buy uh, our meat straight from the farm. Another podcast for another day. <laughs> Best beef that you will eat. Um, and I knew if he wasn't working, that you know, food might be a challenge for them. And so we knew our cow was coming, <laughs> and, and so we needed to clean out and start getting rid of the stuff we hadn't eaten. And so I, I took some of the beef that we had and I said, here, I said, uh, we, we want you to have this. I don't know if you need it or not. We just want you to have this. It, it actually helps us too. And so if you would just take this, we would be very glad. I, I hope that happened in such a way that they were honored to receive that. They didn't feel like, uh, you know, again, like they couldn't do it on their own. They couldn't, you know, do life on their own. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was the Barnabas heart, just trying to help someone and say, look, I know you're in a tough place and this isn't much, but maybe it'll give you a little bit of encouragement. Absolutely. And one of the things I like about our church and our community is our church helps quite a bit with, uh, within the community. One thing that, uh, was extremely generous that I remember about, uh, several years ago, the tornado uh, right. that came through more. Uh, our church ended up being a uh, a shelter. Um, people stayed here in our uh, uh, Christian or uh, community, uh, community life, life center. Yeah. center. Uh, we had water, we had food, we had uh, shelter, uh, and those people could just come and, and get what they needed. And and right. our church was generous in allowing our facilities uh, as a donation site, but not uh, not only that, but for people to come up and pick up food and stuff as well. Yeah, I, I used to joke, can you believe that was over nine years ago That's now? unbelievable. It doesn't uh, seem that long. And, you know, I told people we had more water than Lake Hefner because, yeah. <laughs> you know, the just people, again, that, that was an expression of generosity. People are going to need rakes and shovels and trash bags and gloves to clean up from, 
their uh, their house that had been demolished. They need people to just come and help and sort through stuff. And is there anything of value? You know, I, I think Robin was part of a team that actually somebody was just broken because they had lost a ring. I don't remember if it was a wedding ring or if it was a family heirloom, but they found the ring. You know, oh wow, just. It, it's generosity again. I think most of us have a generosity button that we want to touch in our or that gets touched in our hearts, and and that Barnabas heart is the one that just has to respond and has to respond generously. But it, in contradiction to the Barnabas heart, there was the Ananias and Sapphira heart. The you can read about that in Acts chapter five if you're unfamiliar with the story, but. Um, the Ananias and Sapphira heart doesn't, it's not honest. It's actually the imposter of generosity. And this is one I, I remember when I was in seminary uh, and, and we used to have to go to big, you know, I don't know what they called them, but revivals, events, preaching missions, whatever they were called. Um, and I remember this one time that a guy got up there and he's like, you know, I've got this mission in Africa and we're really needing to you know, find a way to, to get some food to these people, you know, thinking some wheat, some grain. And you, you got the sense as you're listening to it. So what is about to happen is we're about to get the chance to give to help him in his mission, you know, that they're going to take an offering and we're going to have a chance to give. Um, and there was another guy that was preaching in this same series of, of missions. And he got up there and he said, so – you, you need grain to help feed these people. He said, yes. He said, I've got two grain elevators that are filled with wheat. We'll gladly give you one of them. Oh, wow. Now, that, that was an, a great thing. I mean, now people that are hungry are going to get food. But I remember when we got back to class, uh, one of my co-students, I don't even remember who it was, but he said, you know, when that happened, why did that guy have to do that in front of everybody? Because it really felt like he was trying to draw attention to himself and what he had instead of being humble and saying, you know what, I actually have a grain elevator and listening to you, God's laying it on my heart. It, it, it was right. like it, it's an imposter. Who's who's getting the credit for this? What What is the motivation for giving? And with Ananias and Sapphira, they, they wanted to be included among all those who were giving everything they had, but they weren't of the same heart. The, the one thing I can say about the Ananias and Sapphira heart, and I said this Sunday, was the only good thing about the money they gave <laughs> was it outlived them. Uh, and that the money that they gave to the apostles, even after they had died, continued to help and fund the, the mission of the church. I don't know what happened to the money they had kept for themselves. You know, I don't know if they had children who laid claim to that money. We, right. we don't know that part. But it, it does remind me a little bit of what we call legacy giving. And so whenever we talk about generosity, one of the things that we encourage people to do is when you're putting together your will, when you're looking at your estate and what's going to happen to that after your life, is that a place that you can be generous to the mission of Christ? Now, Jeff, you will remember a good friend of ours that was here at St. Andrews that uh, Sunday after Sunday, she was just a, a rock of support for what we did. Betty Fisher, you remember oh, Betty? Oh, Miss Betty. Uh, there was no other woman that was as sweet and as loving and as generous 
as Betty was. She she really was. And when um, Betty was here, for those of you that didn't know Betty, she just kind of walked around. She had a quiet presence. She was very shy and reserved, and, and she was humble. But she played in the bell choir. She loved that. And when we were having a children's bell choir, they didn't have enough children. Betty's up there playing with them and encouraging them. But she was somebody Sunday after Sunday that would sit back in the sound booth to run the computer or do – whatever she could do and betty got sick and none of us knew how sick she was and and sadly she did end up dying by this illness that she had uh, and after she died uh we got a call betty left her house to the church yep. house was completely paid for and now the church has it and of course we don't we're not realtors we don't want to be in the real estate business and so we were able to turn around and sell that house and whenever we remodeled our worship center gosh four and a half years ago all the money that we received from betty's estate we used to help pay for that remodeling we felt like because she was active in worship that was the best way that we could honor her gift to the church and so maybe it is that when you're thinking of generosity and you know what do i give my money to and why do i give my money and what am i giving up above and beyond uh maybe god would lay it on your heart you know what i, I want to leave something to the church i want to leave something to the the work of god as it's going on that will outlive my life that is more of a barnabas heart than an ananias and sapphira heart but it it certainly is something worthwhile but the last thing that we said, and, and it's so important that we know this, is when we, we looked at the story of creation back in January and early February, part of what we talked about is everything that we see created is a reflection of the nature and character of God. That's why whenever something was created, God would look at it and he would say, it is good because God is a good God. And so when God is creating the church, even creating the church in the brokenness of this world, when God is creating the church, it's going to be a reflection of his nature and his character. And therefore, God is creating a church to be a generous people because God is a generous God. That, that you know, John three sixteen, probably the first scripture most of us actually learn and memorize when we were children. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave according to our greatest need, that we needed forgiveness for our sin, that we needed the debt of our sin to be paid, and he paid off a debt that we could not pay off. That's how good God is. And so when we look at God and we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus was generous. When we are generous, when we are giving from a heart that is motivated to express our love for God, our love for people, to help meet human needs, to help advance the mission of preaching the good news that the kingdom of God has come upon the earth and Jesus will come back again to consummate the greatness of his kingdom. We are generous people because God is a generous God. So, Jeff, uh, any closing thoughts you've had? Any other thoughts you have this morning or this afternoon? Uh, so we don't got any more questions, but, yeah, uh, just uh, for our listeners and our viewers, just just pray. You know, if, if God is laying something on your heart, you know, uh, tugging at your heartstrings for something to be generous for, uh, not only here at the church, but, you know, within your own community of where you live or the community around the church, just pray about that and uh, see, see what direction God's going to direct you in in that.
That's that's a good word. I appreciate you sharing that. And friends, I so appreciate your time and joining us for the podcast again, whether you're watching live or you're uh, watching this tape delayed or listening to the audio. So glad you would listen. Do want to remind everybody that uh, our church is just really enjoying the opportunities that we have when we talk about being a church that is on site. We're here at 815, 930, 1050 every Sunday, Sunday school hours at uh, 9.30 and 10.50. We also talk about being on demand, that because we live stream and it's taped, you can watch it anytime it fits your schedule. But we are also a church that is online, and we know that many people worship with us online. In fact, we were kind of blown away this past Sunday. Jeff sent us the information that we had the largest online engagement, largest online attendance, if you will, that we have had since the pandemic essentially closed. And so we're thankful for those of you that do that. We always want to hear from you. Give us a shout out when you're watching on Sunday morning. Give us a shout out when you're viewing the podcast. Friends, I pray that you have a blessed day. Stay safe, stay cool, look out for somebody in need. God bless. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name, and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.